0: a podcast series taking a deeper look into entertainment and media. Your hosts, Joseph and Michelle Whalen, a husband and wife team of pop culture fanatics, are exploring all things from music and movies to television and fandom. Peter. This one's for you.
1: Welcome to Insights and Entertainment. Episode 16, Beyond the Edge. I'm your host, Joseph Whalen, and my lovely and talented co-host, Michelle Whalen.
0: Hi, everyone.
1: How are you doing this week, dear?
0: I'm doing okay. Okay?
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: it was a long week.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, as we saw from our opening scene there, uh, Galaxy's Edge has officially opened. Did
0: it? I didn't hear anything about
1: it. Um... <laughs> We while we did not watch the dedication live, we did see the recording, which is what right. that scene was from. Right, right. Um, I was shocked that they were able to get uh, Harrison Ford. Yeah, that
0: was that was a nice add-on bonus. Yeah, yeah, well, that so was nice. The was time
1: a- they messed the timing up on the actual, eh. you know. Uh, fireworks the Stuff launch happens, but you know but, uh you know Harrison Ford was a good sport there. Oh absolutely um, love the dedication of Peter Mayhew who mm-hmm. he had. That was very touching.
0: Yeah, and uh, Mark Hamill actually had tweeted as well. He said when Harrison did that in the back of his head he was saying Kerry should be here too. So yeah. it was yeah it was a touching, you know, tribute for, for both of them.
1: So, big event, obviously, in entertainment, in Absolutely. Disney, and Star Wars, um, and we've got a lot of news on that, mm-hmm. uh, now that people are actually able to take pictures and look at it mm-hmm. and come out with information. Right. So, uh, Disney Detective will have a lot of that in it today.
0: Just a bit.
1: <laughs> uh, we also have some Toy Story information in Disney Detective. And then we'll move on to our entertainment news uh, with uh, the follow-up on a a previous Mm -hmm. um, discussion we had on the new Batman. Then we will talk a little bit about uh, Lucifer star uh, Tom Ellis uh, and some uh, statements that he's made regarding uh, what he would like to see with his wedding presents. Mm -hmm. And... uh, some additional information from the entertainment world uh, concerning some recent abortion laws in Georgia. Mm -hmm. Uh, We will then finish up with uh, our insightful picks of the week as usual and uh, some afterthoughts from there. Sounds good. Uh, We all set to start?
0: Let's get it going.
1: All righty. Go for Disney Detective.
0: So unless you've been living under a rock for the last couple of months or just within this past week, as we've mentioned, Star Wars Galaxy Edge has finally opened. Um, and overall, the fans obviously are people who, you know, these are people who have been waiting 40 years for a a theme park land, you know, dedicated to Star Wars. So everybody has been very positive about it um and and you know there there's also been the the criticism as well and and some of the criticism isn't really all that bad in the grand scheme of things uh so the one article that i found um excuse me was um um by a a person who said that you know while the land wasn't a hundred percent complete it, you know, when you walked in, you instantly felt like you had left Disneyland and you were now finally immersed in the Star Wars universe.
1: And that's exactly what Disney <clears throat> was going for. So it seems like they Absolutely. hit the, the mark on that one.
0: Right. So, you know, he 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 said that just looking, you know, standing and looking at the Millennium Falcon, he would have paid to get in just to do that, if yeah. if nothing else. Like, that was just awe-inspiring. Um, And he said that... You know, the cast members are truly that. They are cast members. Um, they are characters as, you know, citizens of the planet Batu, and they greet you with bright suns during the day and in the evening, rising moons you know so it, it, they're very much you know in character um and that <laughs> he even made a comment about you know even going to the the restroom was kind of like wow this is what it would be like if i was in star wars yeah. you know cuz just everything is completely themed
1: and you have to use your imagination cuz you never see anyone use the restroom right rest you never in saw anybody
0: using the bathroom uh, he said his absolute favorite thing was visiting Savi's workshop which is the store building experience where you get to assemble your very own lightsaber now he said it's not for everyone because obviously the cost which we already knew was about two hundred dollars
1: so in the article it says it's $200 just to get in and it includes your lightsaber.
0: Right. And so you're
1: paying for the whole experience. Right.
0: So it's a whole experience and the other thing too which I thought was interesting was that for the $200 you get to have the experience, you end up making the lightsaber at the end and only one other person gets to go with you. You only right. get, so you know, so for $200 it's it's basically, you know, two people and what he had said um it's very different from uh, the Harry Potter experience at Universal. Uh, when you go to um, to make your wand, basically anybody can go into the store, even if you're not making the wand, you can you can watch it. So it's almost like a very sacred experience to go in and and make this and there's actually another disney friend of mine um who went and did it obviously and just posted a picture like that was it he didn't even have a video of it so i don't know if they're not allowing you to to do videos yet of it or if he was just doing it more so like hey if you're gonna go do it i want you to experience it
1: on your own but
0: like hey this is really cool (laughs) um so that i thought was was cool and figured like When we finally get there, we're probably going to be spending $400, if not $600, because, you know, we might all want our own lightsaber. Yeah. That's,
1: well, I'm getting mine. I can't speak for the rest of
0: you folks. (laughs) Well, if we all want to go, we have to at least pay four hundred because you know I'm not going to get left out, and I think she, she'd want to, you know, she'd want to go. Um, so yeah. So he said, um, they do it in a small group; it's usually only fourteen people at a time, so it's very intimate. And you know, it was just he said it was downright spiritual. So you know, if but you're,
1: he also said the wait for that's probably going to be fairly. Oh, significant.
0: absolutely, and 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 I could see like during. The period now where they have the reservations, like unless you have a reservation, you can't get in to Star Wars land. I can't imagine what it'll be like once they lift.
1: Yeah. Like, is it that are you going to need a fast pass to go spend two hundred dollars?
0: You might. Or they might take a reservation and, you know, and say, hey, you know, which would would make sense. Like, hey, don't wait in line. Right. Here, come back. You are, you like know, the
1: Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boutique. Right.
0: I could totally see that. That's you what know. it looks
1: like. It's it's really it's a boutique experience right, for Star absolutely. Wars fans. Right, absolutely, and
0: especially because, again, it's not the, you know, oh, pick out your wand or whatever. You know, right. it's a much more um, thing. Um, and then he goes on to talk about what wasn't so good, um, and he said it was actually Smuggler's Run, which was the ride. Mm-hmm. And he said it, it wasn't that it was horrible. It, it was fun. But the thing is it's a six-person ride, and you have – Two people that are pilots, and basically one is doing horizontal and one is doing vertical. And you kind of have to work together to right. be able to fly the ship. So if you're sitting next to somebody that you don't know, or you're the type of person that doesn't know how to really communicate well with strangers, it's going to be a very awkward experience and you're going to crash a whole lot. Right. Um, but, you know, fortunately, you know, since he was there during a press, you know, uh, tour, he was able to go on it multiple times where, you know, I don't know, the average person's probably not going to be able to go on it multiple times for a Well, and the other thing time. is
1: you're one of six people there. Right. The other two people basically just have buttons on the side to push. Right. There's really not a whole lot Right, the of other
0: two, you know, and, and that could be, you know, for somebody that doesn't want to, you know, just wants to enjoy it, those other four seats, you know. But the fate
1: of your ride is up to the two people in the right, front who exactly. are flying the thing. Right, exactly.
0: Right, and that's the thing is, you know, are you going to end up, you know, later on like, hey, have you been on this before? Do you know how to fly this thing?
1: Exactly, yeah. <laughs> You'll be cherry picking <laughs> you know. your, your, your pilots.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. So, you know, he said it was, it was funny, but, you know, especially if you've, you know, waited hours to get on it, it can be a little, you know, uh, disappointing. Um, but he said, you know, other than that, the rest of the land, you know, was awesome. Um, the biggest thing is that, you know, obviously it's not complete. You still have rise of the empire, which which
1: takes up a huge chunk of the land there. Right.
0: And he even said, you could kind of see, you know, you you obviously know where it's going to be, and when you look at the map, you go, "Oh, that's why that's there." It it kind of is a direct line, but you know, the one thing he said was that you know it, he in a way he felt it was kind of half empty because again, it's not complete, but that's really the only thing that's missing from it. It's not like right,
1: and and because it's a railless um, ride, mm-hmm. it takes up a lot of room because it moves right. So there has to be. It's not like the like the Smuggler's Run. Right. It's a fixed ride. Right. It's a motion simulator. You're not. Right. You're not moving around outside mm-hmm. of that area. Right. So Smuggler's Run takes up a fairly large chunk of real estate in the park.
0: Right. So and it's still a couple of months out from it, you know, being open. So I'm sure once that opens, then it, you know, Galaxy's Edge will be more. Crazy than you know than it already is, but everything um, else is open. Your shops, right? Your all the shops are open, open. All the food, you know, you, you know. Various different people said, you know, the food has been really good. The shopping stuff has been really good. Another article that I saw this morning that talked about um, yesterday's. Uh, grand opening was that it actually went rather smooth for the most part um you know they there weren't too many hiccups because you had to kind of go through they had an area where okay if you're here to buy merchandise first you know there's this area to go buy merchandise if you need to get your wristband for the eight o'clock opening you have to go here and it moved really quickly like it looked like a big horde of people but they actually you know moved really quickly and then when it opened you know, it really didn't look all that crowded for the most part.
1: Well, and it wasn't because they regulated it so it right, wouldn't be. Right,
0: right. And, and I think that's good on Disney's part for... Yeah, I mean,
1: kudos to them for, for doing it right and not jamming it full of people.
0: Right, right. And uh, the one thing that I thought was funny in the we're, one...
1: I can say that now because we have cause no intention of going. Because <laughs> so. we're not going
0: for like two years. I'd be ticked if I was maybe there in. Maybe a year and a half. In. I don't know. Maybe we can get in a year. I don't know will say. Let's we'll, um, we'll see. <laughs> figure if I. Tease you a little bit. Here's Two down. years was the target. Two years was the target. Um, but what was interesting in his article, which kind of leads us uh, to the next story, was talking about all the different Easter eggs that there are, you know, throughout Galaxy's Edge, that they did such a great job putting right. little things all throughout.
1: Well, like even we saw when they did the, the one walkthrough that we watched mm-hmm. prior to the uh, to the unveiling. They had the uh, helmet with the blast shield and the training drone that Luke used Mm -hmm. in uh, A New Hope. Right. You know, just sort of sitting on the shelf there in the the sitting On the
0: shelf. Um, So leading to to our next story, BuzzFeed had a a little article, and I'm sure everybody else, you know, is going to be coming up with that. Uh, too, but it was 24 mind-blowing details and Easter eggs at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge that'll make you say, I love this. Um, And we're not going to go through, you know, all 24. um, But the first one uh, that you can see um, is the cargo ship uh, in the docking bay um, of the food and cargo has three containers, and each has different numbers on it. 77, 80, and 83, which obviously represent years of the original trilogy um so again cute little thing like if you saw it you might not even you know realize it but again for the the star wars fans who know you know disney is awesome at um doing easter eggs this is a nice one uh the the next one uh which was one that you caught when we were watching uh a video uh that somebody did for smugglers run and it was funny because the one video I saw. I actually thought it was a real person yeah. at first, and then when we watched a second video, you realized it's an audio animatronic, and it's a damn awesome audio yeah. animatronic because. You know the way very he, animated, he was very moving realistic. and everything, and his name—I'm not even going to try it. I'll it's let Honda you. Honda Onaka. Thank you. Uh, he's the pirate who gives you your mission, and he's from Clone Wars and Rebels. So yeah. if you're, you know, so um, that was another thing too where I read it was like it's not only the movies, it's not only, you know, the cartoons, it's even the books. You know, so you know they they captured a little bit of of everything. Um, then, you know, a couple of other things, like there are some droid marks on the ground. Right. And one of them, and it is R2-D2's, you know, droid marking so they, they used R2-D2 to make it. Um, there's uh, one of the toy shops, has a wooden stormtrooper doll that sits on top, uh, sits in the shop, and it's the replica of the one that uh, Jin had in, from, uh, from Rogue, Rogue, Rogue One. From Rogue One. Um, so that was kinda, that was kinda cute um then there's also a toy replica of Jabba the Hutt's sail barge from Return of the Jedi that kind of sits on a ship um just kind of you know in the background uh like I said lots of different things that are just kind of hidden um you know uh there's one store that's kind of like the antique replica store Mm -hmm. um and everything on the bottom of the store you're able to actually purchase that's where the one R2-D2 I think is, like, $25,000, but, like, everything that's up top is all, you know, kind of movie props, but not. Um, Then there's also, you know, one of the coolest hidden gems was in one of the shops there's two marionettes in the corner and it's Obi-Wan and Darth Vader in their final duel. So I thought that was, you know, that was kind of neat. So, again, there's probably a gazillion... Easter eggs that not everybody has even realized yet, yeah. but it looks like every corner of you know the place. So uh, if you're not familiar with it, there's uh, an author who, his name I can't think of off the top of my head, but he came out with a couple of different books about the hidden Mickeys right. that are all throughout, <clears throat> excuse me, Disney World and Disneyland, where the Imagineers actually intentionally put a hidden Mickey someplace you know for you to find, and he kind of created a Steve Barrett, I want to say is possibly his name. Um, and uh, so he actually came out with a couple of books about it and kind of created a um, scavenger hunt, you know, for for you to go and find. I'm sure at some point somebody's going to come out with a Star Wars Galaxy's Edge Easter egg, you know, hunt uh, for... Um, For Galaxy's Edge for for Disney World and Disneyland. So again, cool little you know side thing that you know while you're sitting and waiting to to do other things, you can go and kind of search things out. Um, And that's
1: that's typical Disney. I mean, Disney does that just to give you the the ambiance and the feel and uh, the the authenticity. I mean, they do that in other parts of the area, like for instance. in Fantasyland, you see the carriage wheels that are in the cement as though they're paths in the in the dirt and stuff like that. And the horse, the hoof marks and stuff like that. Um, so I credit Disney with sticking to, you know, as authentic, oh, absolutely. authentic as you can, absolutely. which is really great. Yeah.
0: And by the way, his name is Steven Barrett. So Steven Barrett. Okay. The Hidden Mickey. I, knew, I I thought it was. Um, and then another little cute story uh, that I saw, which, you know, we've been talking about Toy Story coming out um, in the next couple of weeks, is that AMC actually is going to be hosting an eight-hour Toy Story marathon um, that'll actually be on the 20th, which is the day uh, before Toy Story um, four actually comes right, out. Right. So I guess they're doing it as a combination. Um so they said that select shows will be actually showing the first three followed by obviously a premiere of the fourth. Um the movie marathon will run 8 hours and 44 minutes. Um and that fans that attend will actually get an exclusive Woody pin. Um, and some collectible trading cards, as also, uh, and some special concessions will also uh, be offered during that. So um, I know, what was it, when it was Toy Story 3 came out? We did a back-to-back?
1: I think we did, yeah.
0: I think it was, two, it it obviously had to be when, when 3 came out. I think they only did um, Toy Story 2 first, and then right after it was followed with Toy Story 3. So we did that. So that was You know, I think two was kind of our our max for for Disney movies, you know, in a row. But if you're a diehard, you know, Toy Story fan, this might be, you know, something for you to do. Or if you have young kids who... You know, have only seen Toy Story one or two or even three, you know, at home and have never experienced it in the theater.
1: And it's the, it is the kind of movie you want to see in the theater.
0: It's yeah. worth seeing in the theater. Yeah, absolutely. So I I know I'm excited. I'm probably more excited than the child than the, is. Twelve year old. Yeah, but that's just because you know Toy Stories <laughs> Toy Story. Yeah. <laughs> So that is it for my Disney detectives, my dear.
1: Okay. Very good. Very cool. Very exciting. So our first story in our entertainment news this week is a follow-up on uh, our news from a few weeks ago regarding the new Batman. Why don't you tell us about that, dear?
0: Sure. So what we had talked about a couple of weeks ago was that... uh, the new um, director uh, of the new Batman trilogy, called the ba- the Batman the, me, Batman, the Batman, the mm. Batman. Um, they were eyeing up uh, Robert Pattinson from Twilight fame uh, to head the uh, to be Bruce Bruce Wayne in the new uh, version, and now Warner Brothers has actually approved it. I guess it was still under negotiations at the time um so warner brothers has approved him to be the star of the batman which will be a trilogy of films that matt reeves will direct later this year um pattinson had been considered the front runner because the filmmaker liked him uh but the studio was actually torn between him and another actor uh nicholas holt um and they kind of wanted to do um Tests between the two to see, you know, who they they kind of like. see who
1: looks good on that cow. Uh,
0: yeah And um, so it was a big decision and they actually went with obviously Pattinson um, Holt is actually um, reprising his role in X-Men first-class uh, Dark Phoenix uh, so he's you know so it's not like he he lost out to anything he he's still doing other right, stuff right. Um, and that the film is going to be produced by Dylan Clark who produced Reeves's film Planet of the Apes okay um, so the idea is that these films will be kind of the formative years of Batman. So they wanted somebody that was in their 30s. So, so it's like
1: the post-Gotham years. Yeah. So okay. it's like, okay,
0: Gotham ended, you know, kind of, you know, what happened in the Gotham show. Okay, now he, you know, that was kind of his 20s. Now, I
1: hope they tie it in to Gotham, at least, as that far as the storylines. Nice, but, and weave, you know. Weave that whole tapestry of stories yeah, together. Yeah, so. They're springboarding off of a great base oh, to do it from.
0: Totally. totally. Um, they did say that the film is... Uh, no way a carry-on from the work that Ben Affleck did as the older Batman um, in Batman vs. Superman and, and Justice League. It's basically, you know, like a prequel to that, but kind of a, hey, Gotham ended. Now, how did you get to be 40-something? Like, right. where's that, you know, 30-year-old, you know, sure, Bruce Wayne sure. dealing with, with everything? So should be should be interesting cool. to, to see where they go with that. Very cool. Uh, So then in other news, which, you know, this kind of warmed my heart, (laughs) you know, uh, so Lucifer Star Tom Ellis wants plant wants Planned Parenthood donations instead of wedding gifts. Uh, so he uh, had announced earlier uh, this year that he was engaged to uh, his fiance Megan Openmeyer, and they basically both went to Twitter and said, "You know, people have been asking us what you can get us for wedding gifts." How about make a donation to Planned Parenthood, you know, in, in our honor? Um, they've been dating since 2015 and have been open about their engagement since actually last October. Uh, they don't have a wedding date set, but this was kind of a nice little, um, you know, feel good story about them. Yeah. Um, with all the different controversies, obviously, that are that are going around, you know um, in celebrity news and in the world of entertainment, you know, this kind of, you know, made me like him even more. Sure. So, yeah,
1: that's, that's very cool.
0: Yeah. So, and then kind of leading up to this, um, as you know, some of you might know or not know, there is a lot of filming that is done in Georgia for various tv shows different movies have uh, been done there um, game shows you know a lot a lot of tv production has been has been done in georgia and right now there's a lot of controversy with that there's a lot of celebrities who have now come out and said that they will not work in georgia because of the new abortion bills that are going into place in georgia um so you have different television shows that once their contract is up are now starting to kind of scout out other locations um there are certain celebrities like i said who you know if they get hired for a project and they find out it's in georgia they uh you know will turn it down. And a story that actually came out just the other day was that Disney, Netflix, and Warner Media say that they're gonna start pushing their productions out of Georgia now because of everything. Um, and they're actually three of the world's biggest entertainment companies. And like I said, <clears throat> once the new uh, law goes into effect, they've basically decided um, that they're gonna um, that they don't want to support, the state of Georgia anymore because of that. Um, And actually a fourth company, Comcast, uh, Comcast NBC universal says that um, if, when these uh, anti-abortion bills are upheld, that they're gonna probably make the decision also to move out of Georgia um, as well. So the state is a big hub, like I said, for the entertainment industry. um, And obviously they get a nice little tax break from, from Georgia You know, because of it. And now these companies are starting uh, to feel that the incentives just aren't enough because of, you know, how they feel it's an anti-woman bill.
1: Um, And even if you step back from from the controversy of the legislation itself, Mm -hmm. this is how the free market works. Mm -hmm. You know, people, I'll be the first one to tell you that if the law's passed that you don't like, you need to vote and let your representatives know. You don't always have the option to do that mm-hmm. if you're an outside entity who's working in that environment. Right. So what you can do is vote with your dollar. Right. You know, if there's a business that has a policy that you don't approve of or like mm-hmm. or agree with, then you take your business elsewhere, Absolutely. and that's how they they and you that's know, how accept the consequences.
0: Basically, you know that they're, they're you know that. The strict new law, you know, <clears throat> is set to go into effect January 1st. Um, so people are, are, okay, well, we'll stay here, you know, until then. Or if we can get out now, we're, we're going to get out. Um, right. You know, and Netflix and Disney, they have deep pockets. Yep. And obviously, you know, if they have are going to boycott Georgia, that's going to hurt, you, and, know, you know, Georgia f- in the long run.
1: From not to get political, but from a political standpoint, mm-hmm. I would much rather see corporations go this route and exercise their right to patronize a certain state or county or whatever mm-hmm. rather than the typical you know, political contributions and by a politician. Right. You know, this is allowing a company like Disney to use its power and influence mm-hmm. in a way that is less corrupting mm-hmm. But still gets the job done, you know,
0: right, right. and it and it definitely speaks volumes to to the whole, you know, obviously, this is a very controversial topic, no matter what there's, you know, and nobody's right, and nobody's wrong with this. it's right. it's more you need to respect a person's wishes, but not, you know, you you can sit and have a debate with somebody for, you know, from here to Kingdom, come, and you're not going to be able to sway. You know, if you feel a certain way, you feel a certain way. but right. it's the it's the amount of respect and integrity that you give the other person, you know, that you hope in return. And sometimes it it gets nasty. yeah, um and but I think
1: this I think this this uh, story sort of transcends the topic at hand. In mm-hmm. this case, it yeah. happens to be anti-abortion laws. In another case, it might be gun laws, right. or it might be immigration laws. Right. But I think the important takeaway here is the fact that if a government entity is doing something mm-hmm. that you feel is unjust or amoral, you can influence that, right. not, not necessarily through the mm-hmm. voter, through buying a politician, but by taking your business elsewhere. Right. And as a result, unfortunately, it hurts that community, mm-hmm. but that... Community. Then it's incumbent upon them to make to, a ele- to make the change and mm-hmm. to elect the officials into office who are going to make the decisions that benefit the community.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there are plenty of other places that are going to be very welcoming to Absolutely, yeah. you know. And 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 yeah, it, it's it's a shame that it's going to hurt the local you know, the industry, the carpenters and, and, you know, the food industry yep. and the hotel industries and But it's you not know.
1: Disney that's hurting them. Mm-mm. It's your politicians that's right. hurting it's them. Your, that's who you need to take it out Right,
0: on. exactly. So it you know, it, it's again it's a shame, you know, but look at, you know, unfortunately, yesterday there was an, another mass shooting in Virginia Beach. It's the hundred and fiftieth shooting in our in our country on the 150th day of the year yeah, and you know hopes and prayers don't do anything you need to have action so in some cases you know here's an action that companies are, are starting to take now we need you know media or somebody to to take action you know about gun control yep. um so again this was you know again. There are people that agree and disagree, and again, you're you could talk till you know the cows come home as well. Um, you know, there's no right or wrong, but obviously.
1: Well, the, you know, the important thing is acknowledge that there's an issue. There may mm-hmm. be multiple ways to solve it. There may mm-hmm. be different ways to solve Absolutely. it. Absolutely. But until someone shines a spotlight on the fact that there is an issue, and we all agree that there's an issue, nobody's mm-hmm. going to do anything about
0: it. Right. Right. And
1: I think this kind of action and this, here. Yeah,
0: exactly. This shows, again, like the power the, of the media. The, to added, to the old something.
1: adage of, it's not a problem until it's your problem. Right. This type of thing makes it your problem, mm-hmm. makes it the voter's problem at this right. point in
0: time. Absolutely. So, cool.
1: so very cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that was all we had for our entertainment news this week. Yep. Awesome. Let's move on to our insightful picks. And I defer to you, my dear.
0: Why, thank you, my love. So obviously we had already mentioned Tom Ellis um, before, so can't do that without using his show uh, as my insightful pick, which is Lucifer. Um, I was a fan of Lucifer back when it was on Fox. Uh, It ran for three seasons on Fox, and then uh, Fox actually had canceled it in May of 2018, Um, and a month later, Netflix decided, nope, we're gonna pick it up for a fourth season, um, which made fans very, very happy, and it was actually released a year uh, later from that. Uh, It actually just came out uh, the beginning of May um, for a fourth season. Now, uh, when it was on Fox, it was actually uh, 22 episodes Obviously, Netflix usually does shorter seasons, so the season um, is ten seasons. Um, ten shows. Ten shows. I'm sorry. Ten seasons would be ten fantastic. seasons in
1: one season. That's <laughs> that the would overachiever awesome. there. Well,
0: actually, that was one of the uh, uh, one of the articles uh, I read. Tom Ellis actually talked about. Even though it's a shorter season than what they're used to, they were actually able to put more. Into each episode. Yeah,
1: because you don't have the production and time constraints. You don't constraints.
0: have the, the time constraints. So, you know, every episode was almost like two episodes. Um, obviously, because it's on Netflix, they're allowed to show a little bit more than they would on network television. So there were a couple of um, little gruesome scenes that were like, oh, that was kind of shocking. I didn't kind of expect it, but wasn't like over the, the top.
1: Then there was the orgy pants. <laughs> there
0: were the orgy pants. That was probably my my favorite episode, I'll say. But um, Tom,
1: Tom Ellen says now America's ass, right?
0: Right, right, and that was actually you had told me about that, <laughs> which I thought was funny. So uh, if you've ever, if you've never watched the show, uh, basically it's Lucifer that that's the character that he plays, who is the original fallen angel who has become um, dissatisfied with his life in hell, and he decides to abandon hell and decides to go to Los Angeles of all places. Um, not, not
1: really much of a change, though. No,
0: not really. So he indulges in his favorite things women wine and song until a murder happens right outside of his nightclub um and for the first time in a billion years the murder kind of awakens something unfamiliar in his soul and he kind of has compassion and sympathy and he kind of builds this bond with um a homicide detective named chloe and they develop this kind of friendship relationship where he realizes there's something kind of special about her he has some sort of she has some sort of effect on him but he just never really you know has been able to put it into to words and like the
1: buddy cop shows of the 80s only on steroids
0: yeah basically um and you know so then he you know ends up becoming a um Consultant for the LAPD. Um, so that's kind of, you know, funny to see. You know, he uses, you know, his power to kind of get people to confess things. Um, but it, it is kind of that typical uh, cop drama. You know, there's always a murder or something happening. And, okay, who's the one that did it? Um, you Various know.
1: supernatural friends flowing it.
0: Yeah, basically, you know, he has his demon... Uh, you know, his one demon sidekick who's there, and then you have his brother who shows up. In this season, you had a a sister that showed up, and Eve shows up. Um, So you have, you know, various supernatural celestial people, you know, that kind of come in and out, and as the season series goes on, certain mortals find out, you know, who he really is, and, you know, the aftermath of Satan, <laughs> you know, and then some people are kind of like, oh, yeah, I don't I don't you know, so not everybody knows, but some people know um, there's, you know, some comedic, um, you know, aspects to it. And there's some serious, you know, heartfelt, you know, parts as well. So, again, I was a fan of of the original, and, you know, when Netflix took it over, it's very seamless. Um, actually, the first episode was kind of, you know, the first, like, five minutes was kind of a recap. So if you never watched the original, you know, you could, you know, kind of start from the beginning and kind of, you know, understand some of, you know, what was going on.
1: It looks like it's taken a bit of a darker turn.
0: Yes, it definitely, and, and I think that's because Netflix... You know, it's on Netflix, so they, they can do a little bit more darker stuff. He, he's dealing more with, you know, his his inner tur- turmoil and, you know, how come he is who he is. Right. You know, whereas, you know, on the Fox show... I think Fox it show, gives
1: the show a little bit more depth mm-hmm. as well, yeah. which is nice.
0: Yeah, I think there are a lot of people that, you know, kind of watch the original and were kind of like, eh, it's okay. So, you know, maybe if you watched it and you weren't really sure... Give a couple of episodes of of the new one, and and maybe uh, it'll surprise you.
1: Very cool, very cool. Thank
0: you. Mm-hmm.
1: So, with a break in tradition, I am also going to go with a Netflix show. <gasps> um, but sticking with my boring entertainment, <laughs> it is a documentary. <laughs> uh, this one I actually discovered last night. Oh wow! Um, was recently added to Netflix. Uh, it was a documentary series produced in 2018. They've got a single season so far uh, called Empire Games. Uh, they interview uh, scholars. They do some dramatic reenactments. Uh, they bring to life the origins and history making achievements of the world's great ancient empires. Hmm. Uh, it addresses major empires like Rome, Greece, Egypt, you know, all the usual suspects. Right, right, right. Uh, But it also looks at some less explored empires like um, the first uh, emperor of China or the Celtic tribes, uh, the Germanic tribes uh, led by Vercingetorix and Boudicca, which uh, we had talked about uh, in the past, Mm -hmm. Um, and even delve into empires from South America like the Aztecs. Oh, okay. It's a it's a pretty wide variety that they do. Um, there's six episodes right now that they've got. Uh, it's all very well researched. Most of it, I mean, if you're if you're a history buff like me, you've you've probably uh, learned a lot of what they do. But they 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 take it in a direction where they're you're almost learning the personalities.
0: Oh, okay, interesting. Um,
1: you learn like the, the one episode with Rome, they talk about uh, Nero, and you get a little bit more background on some of the the uh, stories of Nero. And you get, you get some input from uh, scholars, you know, modern scholars on some of the eccentricities of some of these people. And they offer their opinions where, you know, all right, so there's been speculation that Nero fired Rome and he was the cause of the fire. There are people that think he wasn't, but you know they delve a little bit into well maybe he didn't do everything he could have to stop it or he was mm-hmm. these were his motivations. So they sort of lay the evidence out there based on what we have historically. They offer their opinions, but they invite you to to come to your own conclusions, okay. which is Interesting. nice. Interesting. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't play down to the to the viewer, so mm-hmm. it, it treats you like you're an intelligent person okay. and can make your own decisions, which is very nice. Very cool. Um, it's narrated by uh, Jim O'Brien from The Bold and the Beautiful. Oh, so okay. Uh, the narration is top notch. The writing is very good, and the research is is spot on. So, Empire Games by Netflix. Awesome and uh i think we have some afterthoughts we'll get into real quick before we end the podcast and i'll turn this over to you dear
0: sure so uh we had talked about uh last week an event that we had gone to um obviously it was after the fact so uh today we're actually i just wanted to kind of throw this in um unfortunately by the time our podcast gets uh, out there, it'll have uh, been pa- uh, the event will have ended. Um, but something to think about for next year, if you happen to be a fan of uh, Renaissance fairs, um, there's a bunch of different ones that are within the area. Obviously, the bigger ones are like the New York Renaissance Fair, and you have the Pennsylvania. Uh, renaissance fair. The
1: area being the tri-state New Jersey Right, the area. tri-state
0: New Jersey area, but if you, you know, are in Maryland, uh, you know, almost every state has some sort of, you know, renaissance fair, right. and most of the time they start, you know, in the summertime. Um, New Jersey, for a while, had been kind of struggling with finding a permanent home because um, the Pennsylvania one is in a permanent location, the New York one. you know a lot of uh, the the bigger ones have a set home. Uh, New Jersey has been struggling for <laughs> for a while. Yeah. Uh, the one year we went to one that was in Wildwood, New Jersey and out, if,
1: out on the beach and that was
0: And warm. if you don't know anything about Wildwood, um, the beach from the boardwalk area is like, the longest walk ever like it's almost like a mile you so know it's like not a crossing mile crossing desert to get to the right beach. um so the one year we we went to a rent fair <laughs> at wildwood um and you know it was just weird because you're walking on the sand and there was no it works shade for the pirate theme aspect. the, the total it. pirate theme they were probably the only ones in in their glory the horses had a little bit of Problem, you know, like it it wasn't your typical, you know, when you think of a Ren Fair, you think of being in the woods and, you know, Robin Hood and, um, you know, shade.
1: Shade (laughs) is good in the summer.
0: Not a beach. Uh, So that was kind of, uh, you know, it wasn't the best, obviously. Um, And then about 10 years ago, the New Jersey Renaissance Fair found a permanent. Ish home, um, so it's actually up kind of in central New Jersey. Um, it's actually in Bordentown, um, and it's actually held at Liberty Lake Campground. Right. Um, so the f- it's a
1: recurring location, not right. a permanent location. Right. They it's don't a re- have permanent structures or anything. right,
0: right. Because uh, it is a it's an area where they uh, during the summer they do day camp uh, on the weekends. Different corporations rented out for, for company picnics. Uh, so it, it's used, you know, quite frequently within the area. When the Ren Fair started, it was only one weekend a year, and it was usually the weekend right before school got out right. and the summer camp. And then a couple of years ago, it became two week- weekends a year. And uh, this year, it's actually three weekends. So they actually started uh, May 18th and 19th, and it actually ends – this weekend june 1st and june 2nd um you can usually find coupons online there's usually a groupon of some sort um you know and it's your typical you know renaissance fair they do have a jousting area so there's usually jousting events done a couple of times obviously you can get your traditional turkey leg there are people that dress up there are uh, vendors that sell clothes and other various things they have different performers there um you know one of my favorite who he's kind of local is shakespeare so uh he's always there there's usually a fire eater there there's various different uh, musical Musical groups there's comedy groups um so you could really spend you know the whole day there um and what's nice is with liberty lake it's not too big of an area it's it's you know it's not overwhelming you know and so it's a
1: beautiful area too it is spend there's the a nice too. little lake
0: you know in the center um, and they do sell food you know so if you're not into the turkey leg you can get a burger uh, or a hot dog or, you know Ye old burger The <laughs> old burger um, I think some of the local vineyards are even there you know selling a lot of
1: craft vendors you have there yeah
0: yeah um, like, um, like
1: the one year we were there I finally bought the boots that I needed yes. For for my costume Mm -hmm. um which for a person my size it's difficult to find you know size 16 double wide uh renaissance fair boots right
0: right so again it's it's a fun time you know what's nice about this area is there's a lot of shade um you know so if even if it's you know hot out you can usually find some place to you know to be comfortable um, what's always nice is when there's a Renaissance location that actually has restrooms that have running water right. and not porta potties. <laughs> because yeah. um, sometimes in some locations that's all that they have. But because you know this is a uh, a, a day camp area, they do have yeah. you know restrooms. And they typically
1: have an ATM on site
0: mm-hmm. too, if right? You, if because sure some vendors uh, you know only accept cash. Some right. vendors do now. You know, take credit cards. Uh, so obviously, you know, should always be prepared. You know, bring cash. Yeah. You know, just in case. So but it's a
1: nice day. It's a nice experience.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we look forward to it. Um, you know, we do it sometimes every year, sometimes every other year. Um, you know, and we were kind of looking at the weather. Obviously, you know, you don't really want to go when it's going to be a rainy day because you're going to be walking around in mud. Even though. You know, most Ren Fairs are rain or shine. Yep. Um, you know, we typically, we like to go when it's dry.
1: So how can people look up more information? On
0: so uh, they have a real easy website to go to. It's www.njrenfair.com.
1: Okay. Awesome. I think that's it for us. Uh, just a reminder that you can uh, check out all the podcasts we have on www.insightsintothings.com. We post um, our show transcripts. We post our show notes now as well. And all of our contact information is there. And I think that's it for this week, dear.
0: I think it is.
1: Another great podcast. Mm -hmm. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to everyone later.
0: Have a good one.